Time magazine called him the unsung hero behind the internet. CNN called him a father of the internet. President Bill Clinton called him one of the great minds of the information age. He has been voted history's greatest scientist of African descent. He is Philip Emigwali. He's coming to Trinidad and Tobago to launch the 2008 Kwame Ture Lecture Series on Sunday, June 8th at the JFK Auditorium, Uwe St. Augustine, 5 p.m. The Emancipation Support Committee invites you to come and hear this inspirational mind address the theme, Crossing New Frontiers to Conquer Today's Challenges. This lecture is one you cannot afford to miss. Admission is free, so be there on Sunday, June 8th, 5 p.m. at the JFK Auditorium, Uwe St. Augustine. known for my contribution is this I invented a new internet that is a new supercomputer on February 1 1922 a science fiction story was published that science fiction story described how 64,000 human computers around the world could work together to forecast the weather. 67 years after that science fiction story and at 8.15 in the morning of the 4th of July 1989, I experimentally discovered how to harness a new internet that is a new global network of 64 binary thousand processors and how to harness them to forecast the weather around the world. My invention called Practical Parallel Processing made the news headlines around the world. The typical news headlines was African supercomputer genius wins top US prize. Back in 1989, I was in the news because I discovered how to bring that science fiction story that was published in 1922 to reality. I'm Philip M. Aguale. The supercomputer technology that I invented is called parallel processing. A new parallel supercomputer is one that has never before seen, that has a never before seen processor to processor configuration. Parallel processing enables millions upon millions of processors operating inside the modern supercomputer to communicate and compute and to do both as one seamless cohesive unit that is a virtual supercomputer. Parallel processing enables the supercomputer that is powered by 1 million processors to be 1 million times faster than the computer that is powered by only one processor. The parallel supercomputer moves humanity forward 
and into the future. Hopefully, as we move forward by parallel processing across a global network of computers around the earth, then our children's children could build their planetary-sized supercomputer that could someday become one and the same thing as their internet. Today, parallel processing is vital to every supercomputer manufactured and may become vital to every computer of the future. I was in major newspapers because I experimentally discovered how and why parallel processing makes the modern computer faster and makes the modern supercomputer fastest. Please allow me to take a retrospective look on how I discovered how to program a new internet named the Philip Emagwale Internet. That new internet is a new global network of 65,536 processors or 65,536 identical computers. I visualize those processors as equal distances apart and on the surface of a globe within a 16-dimensional hyperspace. I discovered how to program that new internet as one seamless cohesive whole supercomputer that was not a computer per se, but that was a virtual supercomputer de facto. I discovered how to program that new internet as a new supercomputer and how to email and control my 65,536 processors and how to do both without seeing or touching any of those processors. I discovered how to program and harness the processors that outline and define that new internet and control them blindfolded. I discovered how to program and harness the processors that outline and define that new internet and control them blindfolded. I discovered how to divide a grand challenge problem into one million smaller problems and how to solve those one million challenging problems at once. Some scientists try to position themselves to take the credit for my inventions. A few succeeded. I have documentations to prove the complete plagiarism of my invention. A parallel processed supercomputer that has thousands of processors encircling a globe that I invented alone was plagiarized by a team of seasoned researchers that received United States federal funding to do so. I distinguish between intentional and unintentional plagiarism. 
Those researchers stole my invention in its entirety and did not contribute to my invention. Those researchers merely removed my name as the inventor of the Philip M. Aguale supercomputer and put their names as its inventors. As a supercomputer inventor that came of age in the 1980s, I felt like the songwriter that was not credited for the songs that he wrote. And I felt like the painter that was not allowed to sign his name on his original paintings. For me, the toughest part about being a black inventor is getting the full credit for the new supercomputer that I invented alone. Back in 1989, I was perceived as a difficult person to work with and perceived as such by research scientists who never worked with me. The reason was that I made it impossible for someone else to take the credit away from me and do so for the practical parallel supercomputing technology that I invented alone. I wasn't a difficult person to work with. Those researchers that tried to steal the credit from me were difficult persons to work with. That problem of how to increase the speed of the modern supercomputer and increase that speed by a factor of one million was the grand challenge problem of mathematical physics that was posed back in February 1, 1922 and that I solved on July 4, 1989. I discovered how to solve in only one day and across that new internet that is a parallel supercomputer and how to solve a grand challenge problem that would have taken millennia upon millennia of time to solution on one computer. For 67 years, onward of February 1, 1922, parallel processing was abandoned by supercomputer experts. Supercomputer textbooks dismissed parallel processing as science fiction. Parallel supercomputing was ridiculed as a huge waste of everybody's time. Because my massively parallel supercomputer was an unconventional technology and a new internet, I used an unorthodox technique to send and receive my 65,536 computational physics codes that I had to email to my as many processors of my new internet. Deep inside the parallel supercomputer, the email is the recurring decimal across each pair of bidirectional email wires that connects nearest neighboring processors that shared nothing. 
I had 65,536 unique email addresses for as many processors. Each processor operated its own operating system. Each email, each email address was 16 bits long or a unique string of 16 zeros and ones. My email addresses within that new internet were unorthodox because they had no at signs or dot com suffixes. Their at signs and suffixes were unnecessary because I knew where my 65,536 processors that outlined and defined my new internet were at. My discovery of practical parallel supercomputing began with some back-of-the-envelope calculations and a few proof-of-principle lectures in which I presented my realizations that a million processors could in principle be harnessed to solve the toughest problems arising in mathematics, physics, and computer science. My proof of principle, of con my proof of concept was small and was not complete. I gave my proof of principle lectures back in the early 1980s. At that time, Parallel processing across 16 times 2 raised to power 16 or 1 binary million bidirectional email wires was the frontier and the unknown territory and the science fiction of the world of the supercomputer. 67 years earlier, a meteorologist presented as science fiction the story of 64,000 human computers working together to solve a grand challenge problem such as forecasting the weather around the entire planet Earth. That science fiction story was published back on February 1, 1922. But unlike the science fiction writer, I, as a non-fiction, research massively parallel supercomputer scientist, had a very limited number of words that I can use to describe how I emailed my initial boundary value problems of mathematical physics and how I sent them across a never-before-seen internet that is a new global network of 64 binary thousand processors. As a supercomputer scientist, I'm different from the science fiction writer because the starting point of the science fiction writer is a blank page plus the unlimited fictional stories that she can conjecture and that she can use to populate her blank pages. But as the first parallel supercomputer scientist that started his quest for the solution of grand challenge problems and started on a conventional supercomputer and started on June 20, 1974 in Corvallis, Oregon, United States and continued almost daily 
for 15 years and continued to the capital of supercomputing, namely Los Alamos, New Mexico, United States. And as that first modern supercomputer scientist, I couldn't make up fictional stories that could not be reconfirmed by each and every subsequent parallel supercomputer scientist. As the non-fiction supercomputer scientist that I was, I could not write a word about practical parallel supercomputing and do so until I, first and foremost, divided my grand challenge problem into smaller, less challenging problems and then synchronously emailed them across my one binary million email wires that interconnected my processors and then simultaneously solved them with the one-to-one -one problem to processor correspondence that I maintained between my 64 binary thousand smaller mathematical physics problems and my as many commodity of the shelf processors that shared nothing between each other. My first discovery of practical parallel supercomputing that occurred on the 4th of July 1989 was rejected as a quote-unquote terrible mistake. Back in 1989 and earlier, practical parallel supercomputing was mocked, ridiculed, and rejected as a beautiful theory that lacked an experimental confirmation. My supercomputing quest was to experimentally confirm massively parallel supercomputing and reconfirm it to a speed limit that was never before attained namely across a never-before-seen internet that was my new global network of 65,536 tightly coupled commodity of the shelf processors. For that invention of a new supercomputer, I used the toughest problems in mathematical physics as my computational testbed. The poster girl of the 20 grand challenge problems is the petroleum reservoir simulation of a production oil field that may be two miles below the surface of the earth and the size of a town. The reason one in 10 supercomputers were purchased by the petroleum industry was that the parallel processed petroleum reservoir simulator helps the oil company to discover and recover as much crude oil and natural gas as is possible and to recover them as long as possible as well as to compute them at a supercomputer speed that was previously believed to exist only in the realm of science fiction. The speed increase of a factor of 65,536 that I recorded on July 4, 1989 was dismissed as, a science, as science fiction and I was disinvited from giving my lecture 
on how I discovered practical parallel supercomputing. My discovery of the practical parallel supercomputing was rejected as quote-unquote a serious mistake. After two months of continuous rejections of my discovery of massively parallel supercomputing, I went in search of reconfirmation of my discovery. I was compelled to provide expert eyewitnesses to my discovery of the practical parallel supercomputing. My first step was at a 15-day long supercomputer workshop that took place from September 1 to 15, 1989 and in Chicago, United States. During that supercomputer workshop, I spent the first 15 days building the trust and confidence of the supercomputer workshop instructors and participants who at that time did not know who I was. From my contributions to the workshop discussions on how to record the fastest speeds within the parallel supercomputer, the instructors realized that I had been supercomputing for the past 15 years and that they knew less than I did. On the 15th and last day of that supercomputer workshop, I suddenly cleared my throat and made the announcement that brought me to Chicago, namely that I've discovered practical parallel processing. You could hear a, a pin drop in the room as everybody gazed at me in stunned silence. For the first time since June 20, 1974 in Covalis, Oregon, United States, a group of supercomputer scientists attentively listened to me as I explained to them how I discovered how to massively parallel process across 65,536 processors that each operated its own operating system. I discovered how to reduce the calculation time of the 20 grand challenge problems of supercomputing. I discovered how to reduce that time to solution and do so with a speed up of 65,536. Before September 15, 1989, my speed up of 65,536 days or 108 years of time to solution to just one day existed only in the realm of science fiction. For me, Philip Emma Aguale, that Eureka moment in Chicago was surreal. After my announcement at that supercomputer workshop of my discovery of practical parallel supercomputing, it was so quiet that you could hear a pin drop in the room. The supercomputer scientists attending that Chicago workshop challenged me to submit my discovery 
to the highest authority in supercomputing. That highest authority was the Computer Society of the IEEE. The IEEE is the acronym for the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. In late December 1989, the Computer Society reconfirmed my discovery of practical parallel supercomputing. The Computer Society invited me to come to the forthcoming International Computer Conference that will take place on February 28, 1990 in San Francisco, California. Two months prior to that conference, the Computer Society of the IEEE sent out a press release that, rec that recognized my contributions to quote-unquote practical parallel processing. In their press release, the Computer Society announced that I have won the highest award in the field of supercomputing. I'm well known, but not known well. I'm well known for inventing a new internet that is a new supercomputer de facto and that is a new global network of 65,536 processors that were tightly coupled to each other and that shared nothing between each other. I'm well known for figuring out how to harness the processors within that new internet and how to use that new knowledge to solve initial boundary value problems arising in mathematical physics that were otherwise impossible to solve. But I am not known well for foreseeing my discovery as de facto a new internet. I'm well known for experimentally discovering or recording speeds in floating-point arithmetical computations that were previously unrecorded. But I am not known well for using email communications across that new internet to record communication speeds that were previously unrecorded. But I am not known well for discovering or seeing for the first time those supercomputer speeds and recording them across my new internet. But I am not known well for changing the way we look at the modern computer and the modern supercomputer. After the 4th of July 1989, I became known for the experimental discovery of parallel supercomputing. That discovery made the news headlines because it was beyond theory and beyond the computer and because it was specific, quantifiable, and measurable. Every new technology has a starting point. 
Parallel processing is the starting point of the modern supercomputer. In the 1970s and 80s, the supercomputer hopeful technology called parallel processing was mocked, ridiculed, and dismissed as a huge waste of everybody's time. Today, parallel processing is universally used to reduce the time to solution of the toughest problems arising in the field of supercomputing. Parallel processing is used to increase the speed of the fastest computers and all supercomputers. My discovery of practical parallel processing was how I entered as a benchmark into the history of the development of the computer and the internet. In U.S. public libraries, I see 12-year-olds writing school reports on the contributions of Philip Emma Aguale to the development of the computer. I entered into school curricula after my discovery of practical parallel supercomputing. That discovery occurred on the 4th of July, 1989 in Los Alamos, New Mexico, United States. My discovery of practical parallel supercomputing made the news headlines because it was new knowledge that changed the way we look at the supercomputer. My discovery of practical parallel supercomputing was recorded in the June 20, 1990 issue of the Wall Street Journal. At its core essence, parallel supercomputing is about one billion processors computing together to solve one big problem. Parallel supercomputing is the vanguard of computer science. The parallel supercomputer is the engine that is used to discover new knowledge and solve grand challenge problems arising in STEM fields. My contribution to the development of the computer is this. I discovered that we can parallel process and solve grand challenge problems arising in mathematics and physics and solve them across a new internet that is a new global network of commodity off-the-shelf processors that shared nothing between them. I paradigm shifted from computing only one thing at a time or in sequence to supercomputing one million things at once or in parallel. I was the first person to solve a grand challenge problem and solve it by dividing it into smaller problems and communicating them via emails to 65,536 processors. I was the first person to solve as many as 65,536 parallel processed initial boundary value problems of mathematical physics and solve them at once. My discovery called practical parallel processing 
is the vital technology that must be used to solve the toughest problems arising in science and engineering and used to solve them in minimum time. When I began sequential supercomputing on June 20, 1974, at age 19, parallel supercomputing then only existed in the realm of science fiction. For the 67 years, for the 67 years, onward of February 1, 1922, parallel supercomputing only existed as an urban legend of the mathematical physics community. My parallel supercomputing experiment made the news headlines back in 1989. But my discovery of the fastest computer speed was not newsworthy for pushing the boundaries of how fast supercomputers could compute. My discovery was newsworthy because I discovered the fastest speeds across a new internet that I described as a new global network of 65,536 processors that tightly encircled a globe. That discovery enabled the supercomputer to be true to its vital technology that is named parallel processing. Parallel processing revolutionized the field of supercomputing by giving it new horizons that ranges from the mathematician's blackboard to the engineer's drawing board. The serial processed weather forecast is unpredictable. We parallel process the grand challenge problem of weather forecasting to make unpredictable weather predictable. The speed of a computer can be increased by packing more transistors on chips and or, and or putting more central processing units and graphics processing units and using them as identical cores and nodes of a global network of processing units that are equal distances apart and that are on the surface of a globe. Why is the supercomputer of today much faster than the supercomputer of 1988 and earlier? The modern supercomputer is faster because its underlying parallel processing units did the supercomputing. The processor is the brain of the computer. In the modern computer, the serial kernel of an application code is computed within a few central processing units that each computed only one thing at a time. In the modern supercomputer, the parallel kernel of an application code is parallel computed within the graphics processing unit that computed many things at once or in parallel. The graphics processing unit is a parallel processing tool 
that is used by the central processing unit to perform faster computations, just like the central processing unit is a sequential processing tool that is used by the sequential processing human computer to perform faster computations. The graphics processing unit is a massively parallel machine and its presence inside your computer redefined your computer as parallel processing. The graphics processing unit computes in parallel or computes many things at once. The graphics processing unit computes the computation-intensive kernel of your application and did so when that kernel could be parallelized. The few cores within the central processing unit serially computed the portion of the computation-intensive physics code that could not be parallelized if the central processing unit is the brain of your computer, then the graphics processing unit is the soul of your computer. The word computer was coined 2,000 years ago when it was first used by the Roman author Pliny the Elder. For 2,000 years, the word computer referred to a human computer that computes manually rather than to a programmable electronic machine that computes automatically. When the mid-20th century British logician Alan Turing and his contemporaries wrote about the quote-unquote computer, they meant a human computer, not an electronic machine that computes the meaning of the word computer changed in 1946 when the terminology, quote-unquote, programmable digital computer was shortened to computer. For my 1989 discovery of practical parallel processing, the technology that underpins every modern supercomputer, I had to Redefine the programmable digital computer. I redefined the technology because I discovered how to divide a grand challenge problem into smaller problems and how to solve them across my new internet that is a new global network of 65,536 processors. Each processor operated its own operating system. As predicted in the June 20, 1990 issue of the Wall Street Journal, my experimental discovery of practical parallel processing opened the door to the modern supercomputer technology that is harnessed and used to solve real-world problems and solve them across central processing units that accelerate their speeds of computation and do so with identical graphics processing units. As a supercomputer scientist that came of age in the, mid, in the 1970s and 80s, I thought of the supercomputer differently. 
conventional supercomputer scientists program vector supercomputers and believe that and believe that the fastest computations could only be recorded on one central processing unit that's a vector unit. In the old paradigm of supercomputing, the thought of the supercomputer in the singular sense of solving only one problem at a time. In my new paradigm of supercomputing, I thought of the supercomputer in the plural sense of 65,536 identical central processing units and as many identical graphics processing units. Back in 1989, I was in the news headlines because I experimentally discovered how to use those units to solve 65,536 problems at once. My discovery opened the door to the present technology of using graphics processing units where possible and using them to accelerate the speed of the floating-point arithmetical operations that must be executed by the modern parallel supercomputer. My experimental discovery of how to parallel process and do so to solve the toughest problems and do so across a new global network of 65,536 processors was achieved across a new internet. The supercomputer of today will become the computer of tomorrow. The supercomputer is at once able to define our past, recreate our present, and reinvent our future. The supercomputer technology called massively parallel processing that was mocked as a very useless technology is now the front and the center of high-performance computing and is rapidly moving into laptops and desktops. Until the 4th of July 1989, parallel processing was not verified by any experiment that was conducted across an ensemble of thousands of processors and that used a real-world grand challenge problem as its computational testbed. My contribution to the development of the modern computer is this. On the 4th of July, 1989, in Los Alamos, New Mexico, United States, I provided the lockdown experimental evidence that the technology of massively parallel supercomputing can be harnessed and used to solve the toughest problems arising from mathematics to medicine and from science to engineering. I alone conducted that time-consuming experimentation that led to my discovery of the best way to get millions of processors to solve the toughest problems and to move humongous data into and out of storage and to solve them in harmony and as one seamless cohesive supercomputer. The electricity budget 
of the email messaging that is a precondition to moving data into and out of millions upon millions of processors raises the electricity bill to up to $40 million per year and eventually costs more than the next world's fastest supercomputer that will cost the United States $600 million in the year 2023. The world's fastest computer consumes as much electricity as 2 million Nigerians. Thank you. Insightful and brilliant lecture. Insightful and brilliant lecture.